1: nationally often intersects with life locally. And that was certainly the case last night at Genoa Church in Westerville. An awesome evening for an inside look at the political process and how we will reduce a field of six viable Republican Senate candidates down to one in May to run against most likely Tim Ryan in the fall for the right to succeed Rob Portman as one of Ohio's two United States Senators. I was there, fortunate to be a part of it. It was a great night. Many of you were there. I had the chance to meet many of you. And we're going to spend a lot of time talking about that event at Genoa last night, moderated expertly by Hugh Hewitt and Aaron Baer of Center for Christian Virtue. And I'd like to open the phones at the start of the show today, which I don't do very often, but it's important to me that we get more than just my perspective today, although you'll get my perspective and liberal um, recounts replays of what the candidates had to say last night. Our number is 844-TALK-989-844-TALK-989. You can email the show, Bruce, at 989theanswer.com. So we had closest to Hugh Hewitt on stage, and this this is a little inside baseball for you, okay? All the candidates are very concerned with any perceived advantage another candidate could get. They're extremely competitive. They all believe genuinely they are the best person to run in Rob Portman's spot on the GOP side of the ticket to oppose most likely Tim Ryan. So they don't want anything to happen subliminal, overt, that would marginalize their appeal to the crowd. Now, this was a decidedly Christian conservative crowd, as you might expect, because. We sold a lot of tickets on this station. Center for Christian Virtue sold a lot of tickets on its website. Genoa Church, I'm sure they publicized the event in-house. You got a lot of people who go to Genoa are going to be there. So it's a decidedly Christian conservative audience. It's not a 100% accurate picture of all Republican voters, but I think it's a consequential section of Republican voters. So they actually randomly drew in the presence of representatives from all six candidates for where people would sit on stage. And I don't know if you want to be first or last or somewhere in the middle, but this was how they were positioned on the stage. Closest to Hugh Hewitt was Jane Timken, then Matt Dolan, state senator, then Mike Gibbons, then J.D. Vance, then I had to do a mental picture in my mind then J.D. Vance, then Josh Mandel, then Bernie Moreno. By the way, let me just say, right out of the shoot, Aaron Light, producer of the Bruce Hooley Show, I know Center for Christian Virtue was in on this. I don't know how much heavy lifting you did on everything last night. It was a phenomenal event. Everything looked great. I just want to commend you on your contributions last night. Everything was all buttoned up. You were phenomenal. Thank you very much. I had nothing to do with the way it looked, but thank you. Well, did you have anything to do with Bernie Moreno's socks? Because Bernie Moreno definitely was rocking a strong sock game last night. Did you notice Bernie's socks? I did. I did. He was wearing a, a blue suit, a red tie, and black socks with kind of like white polka dots. But did you see what was on him? I did not. Okay, I, I, I didn't get either. that close of a look. I did not. I like a man with fancy socks because I'm prone to fancy socks myself. Uh, former uh, ESPN personality Herm Edwards. Uh, The first ever guest on my sports radio show in Cleveland was (laughs) strong with a sock game. If you vote for sock game, Bernie won last night. But I digress. So, here's my impression of all the candidates last night. Okay, I've said this before. I will say it until the end of the campaign because he's not going to change. If Josh Mandel were a diet, he would be the Atkins diet. Because it is red meat all the time with Josh Mandel. It's... Steak for breakfast, probably raw, probably rare. The redder he can get the meat, the better Josh Mandel likes it. If you want to know who's going to say the quiet part out loud and say it really loud, it's Josh Mandel. Uh, Some of his more headline-grabbing statements last night, which this this is how Josh Mandel operates, okay? There's a guy on Twitter who I notice is a Democratic operative, okay, attorney. And he's taking all the clips last night of Josh Mandel's soundbites that he thinks the attorney, the Democratic attorney, thinks are crazy, lunatic, unhinged. Where Josh says, I don't believe in the separation of church and state. I think the election was stolen from Donald J. Trump. I'll go to Washington with the Bible in one hand, the Constitution, in the other. So this guy's posting video clips of Josh Mandel being, in this guy's mind, nuts. And Josh Mandel was retweeting those clips today as if, hey, check me out. So Josh Mandel, Mr. Red Meat. Okay. That's his lane. He's got that lane. He's elbowing others out of that lane. There are others trying to get in that lane. Although, not necessarily in the... There's like a... Moderate lane, a fast lane, and then a crazy fast lane. Josh Mandel is in the crazy fast lane. Uh, J.D. Vance, Bernie Moreno, Mike Gibbons, and Jane Timken, they'd like to be in the fast lane, not the crazy fast lane. They'd like to stay a little bit detached from the reddest, meatiest part of the fringiest Trumpian Republican rhetoric, that'll get Josh Mandel some votes. Candidly, I don't know if it'll get him enough votes. And I don't know if it'll get him enough votes to beat Tim Ryan. But Josh Mandel has staked out his ground, and it'd be pointless for him to try to leave that ground right now because he's on record too much, too loudly, staking out that territory. So that's my impression of Josh Mandel. My impression of J.D. Vance, honestly, my, my viewpoint of J.D. Vance last night was, I want to hear more. And I think when you have an event like last night, where you're on stage with your other candidates, you'd love to have people go, I'm voting for that guy. I'm voting for that lady. I'm voting for her. I'm voting for him. I've made up my mind. I saw enough tonight. I heard enough tonight. I'm voting for them. That's hard to do. When pretty much, I mean, they're all Republicans. It's not like wacky Tim Ryan's up there screaming and yelling. Most of the positions are not going to be that divergent, although there was one who was very divergent. We'll get to him in a moment. So, you know, for instance, Hugh Hewitt started a question last night about immigration by just stipulating, because he didn't want to waste any time, did a great job not wasting time. We presume you're not going to give amnesty. We presume you're going to build a wall. Don't even say that. It's not even. Don't waste any of your 75 seconds on that, because you're all going to say that. So that's what I mean is it's hard to differentiate yourself from the other candidates there last night. Enough for people to go, I'm voting for that person. But I think the other thing you can accomplish in a night like that is to say, hey, you know what, I thought X about this guy, and now I kind of am intrigued. I want to know more about that particular candidate. J.D. Vance, I think, accomplished that last night. Mike Gibbons, a banker from Cleveland, Mike Gibbons Lane in this primary is, I think, as the everyman who's been there, done that, created jobs, raised money, understands antitrust law. He's been in on big deals. But here's the difficult part for Mike Gibbons. Mike Gibbons has to become, in my view, more polished with his message But he cannot afford to be labeled the big-money banker because there's, among rural people, an inherent skepticism of big-money bankers. Mike Gibbons is a big-money banker. He just is. But he comes off as, because I think his roots are, an everyman. So he needs to get more polished because he's a little bit right now too stumbly-bumbly at times. He's got a little bit of Mandel. This was my thing with the Trump, can't, the, the Trump opposition in 2016. I thought Scott Walker, Ted Cruz, John Kasich, Carly Fiorino, Ben Carson. None of them read the room on Trump seeing that, you know what? If I'm like 25% as bold as he is, I'll steal some of his people. It'll marginalize him and I'll elevate myself above the others. None of them recognize that, and by the time they did, Trump already had the nomination. Mike Gibbons has enough Josh Mandel in him, enough red meat Republican in him, but he has to get more smooth in his delivery. Jane Timkin. When I listen to Jane Timken... I feel like I'm listening to a career politician who is saying exactly what I would expect a career politician to say. Now she will push back on that. Her campaign will push back on that. They will say she's never been elected. Or anything. How can you say she's a career politician? Because you don't have to be uh, a genius in Stark County politics or in Stark County or Northeast Ohio to know that the Timkin name is royalty. Jane Timken is royalty in Northeast Ohio. I have no problem with anybody who's rich. Rich people create jobs. Mike Gibbons made that point quite articulately last night, by the way. I don't hate rich people. I've never worked for somebody who wasn't richer than me, and neither have you. Rich people make the country run. Rich people take risks. Ris- rich people drive our economy. You want to ruin our country, and Joe Biden does, then you disincentivize rich people to take risks, and that's what he's going to do with his policies. But Jane Timken is much more career politician than she would have you believe. And she overstates, in my opinion, everything on this show is my opinion. She overstates Donald Trump's allegiance to her. She overstates it. I understand why she does. I'm just saying she does. Matt Dolan, he's exactly what I said he was since the day he announced his candidacy. He's doing what... Someone should have done in 2016 in the Republican field of 18 candidates that Trump ended up emerging from. Matt Dolan has a lane in this primary that no one else wants to be in, and that is he's another Rob Portman. I'm just not sure that anybody wants to vote for that lane. We'll find out. As I've said before, Matt Dolan, whose family owns the Cleveland (coughs) Guardians, I believe the money Matt Dolan will spend on this campaign will ultimately be proven better spent on a power-hitting third baseman for his baseball team. But we'll see. And lastly, not because he finished last, but because I just happened to get to him last, is Bernie Moreno. Bernie Moreno has been on this show, I think, three times. Uh, Bernie, I had him on the the third time because he went to the border, and I thought that was important to have him on after he actually had eyes on the border. Bernie Moreno last night also left, accomplishing the same thing as J.D. Vance. I think a lot of people left last night going, I want to know more about that guy with the socks. I want to know more about him. Because he got the biggest applause of the night when he talked about how our Republican governor and our Republican supermajority let down the state of Ohio and crippled our economy with lockdowns in the pandemic. That resonated with people. And that's, there were a lot of answers last night that resonated with Christian conservatives. But that answer from Bernie Moreno, as a businessman, as somebody who said that from day one of the pandemic shutdown, that answer is going to resonate across Ohio with rural voters and I think with people in cities. And that's Bernie Moreno's appeal. A guy who's An immigrant from Columbia who became a citizen, did it the right way, and he also made a lot of friends last night when he said, people who want to come here illegally and then become citizens, nobody's more offended by that than people who came here legally and became citizens. So as we go forward, we're going to play the opening statements from each. We're going to play answers from each. I want to know what you thought last night. 844-TALK-989, 844-TALK-989. We're heavy on the intersection of national and local politics today on The Bruce Hooley Show. Bruce Hooley Show, on The Answer. Take us with you wherever you go, iHeartTuneInRadio.com app. You can download our app, search 989FM, The Answer, in the iTunes and Google Play Store. Uh, I've covered most every big sporting event there is, World Series, Super Bowl, Olympics. Last night was my first big political event. It was pretty cool. And I'm into it. And I hope you were there. By the way, one of the things I looked forward to today was the alternate universe reporting of what happened last night at Genoa Church from Columbus Dispatch, Cleveland Plain Dealer, Cincinnati Enquirer, USA Today. I knew the reporting would bear no actual resemblance to what happened, or it would be twisted molded shaped manufactured magnified to make conservatives look like crazy people and i was not disappointed i will talk about that a little later on in the show 844 talk 989 right now i'd like to talk to you specifically kevin in glenford kevin welcome to the bruce Hooley show
0: hey thanks bruce i wasn't at the event last night but i have spoken i met just about all these candidates except for jd vance I haven't mm-hmm. never met him but you know i'm as a military
1: guy i do like josh as far as military, a little partial military, and I do like, like you
0: call it, the fast lane. And we kind of need that in this country right now. No, he's in the crazy
1: him. fast lane. He's in the crazy fast lane. Josh Mandel says stuff that other people go, huh? After meeting him, I'm kind of, I kind of like Bernie the best. Yeah. Talking to Bernie. Bernie's um, personable. His, Bernie's a very personable guy. Very real guy. And built a couple of multi-million or billion dollar businesses from yeah. scratch. Yeah. Yeah, Bernie is the guy who has uh, has the goods. I mean, he doesn't need this. He's I genuinely believe from meeting him myself that he's doing it out of a heart issue. I've talked to people close to him and said, "Okay, why is he doing this? If this doesn't work, what's next?" And they're like, "What's next? He's going back to private business." Like he's doing this cuz he really wants to do it. And I and I think that's what his plan is. I think he genuinely cares.
0: I do too. Like well, I he came from nothing and did it the right way and has worked hard.
1: To get where he is. Yeah, Bernie Moreno in Cleveland. Look, I worked in Cleveland. Actually in Cleveland for five years. I worked for the plane dealer for 18, but I was based here. So I wouldn't purport that my 18 years at the plane dealer gave me the same kind of on-site insight into Cleveland politics and what it's like to live there if you're a Republican that I got when I lived there for five years. For Bernie Moreno to start the companies that he started in Cleveland, and for people in Cleveland to speak about him the way they speak about him, knowing his politics, because he's never tried to hide that he's a conservative, is a pretty amazing thing for Bernie Moreno being able to reach across the aisle. That's something that I think is going to be important. Because here's the one, it's not, it's not... uh maliciously disingenuous for Senate candidates to answer a question. What would you do blank, blank, blank? What would you do to fix immigration? What would you do to fix the border? What would you do to fix the botched withdrawal, the humiliating bug out, as Hugh Hewitt called it last night? Perfect term. Biden's bug out from Afghanistan. They get elected. They're one of a hundred. There's really not a lot they can do. I mean, they can if they're a transformational leader, they can go to Washington, get other people on board sure that's that's the ideal, but the chances are there's not a lot they can do or they certainly can't promise they're going to do on a certain issue. but the one thing they can do is figure out a way to reach across the aisle and get things done with people who think differently than they do. you know Mike Gibbons last night kept saying, we need a filibuster proof majority in the Senate and the House. And I'm like, I don't think there is a filibuster in the House, is there? Maybe there is. But you're not going to, oh, yeah, sure. Give us give us 90 senators. That'd be great. Not practical. So I like answers that are practical. Now, some of Josh Mandel's answers, they're not practical. You're going to put Mark Zuckerberg in prison? S- people applauded that. That's a terrible answer. I'll tell you why. Next